today we're continuing our series on the Sermon on the Mount, which is an extended portion of Jesus' teaching that we find in the Gospel of Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. Uh, There's an outline provided in the bulletin if you'd like to follow along and take notes. Um, What we see here in the Sermon on the Mount is how we are to live differently as God's people, especially thinking of ourselves as God's children, that God is our heavenly Father. And so this portion today in chapter 6 of the Sermon on the Mount deals with our religious activities in our lives, things that are often referred to as piety, piety. Things like prayer, worship, giving, fasting, these religious activities and how we are to think about doing them as children of God. So if you would, open up your Bibles. We're in Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 18, as we continue looking at his teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. That's Matthew 6, verses 1 through 18. Hear the word of the Lord. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. And pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your many blessings, and we thank you that you know us in secret, that you are always there. And Lord, we pray that you would be here today by your Spirit, 
that you would be with me in spite of myself, in spite of my weakness and frailty, to speak your word, to speak it clearly and truthfully, and that we would hear it with open hearts and minds, and that you would change us to be more like your children, to live like your children, through Jesus our Savior. Amen. So we're looking here today at religious activities and thinking a lot about our Heavenly Father. So the big idea I want us to hear is that as children of our Heavenly Father, we should be free from the need to perform religious tasks to impress others. We should be free from the need to perform religious tasks in order to impress others. So we're going to look at what Jesus is criticizing. You can see in the passage he's saying, don't be like these people, the hypocrites. So what does he mean by that? Then we're going to look at why we're different, what makes us so different as Christians, and then see what that looks like. So the opening verse in verse 1 gives us a nice theme for the passage. Jesus lays out what he's trying to say. He says, beware of practicing your righteousness or your religious activities in front of others in order to be seen by them. Now, why would people do that? Why would people perform religious things in front of other people? Well, often it's because we're looking for approval. We want people to approve of us or we're looking for acceptance. We want to be accepted by others as good in their eyes. Jesus gives three examples of how people do this. He says the hypocrites would sound a trumpet when they gave money, whether in the synagogues or on the streets. Now, that seems ridiculous. I don't think any of you, when the offering plates come around, has a trumpet ready to go to just blow and be like, and here's my money. That sounds really dumb. And it says when you pray, do not pray out loud in public and flowery words so all can hear you. It's really hard when you have to pray up front and church because you're praying out loud but he's saying don't do that and he says don't dress in such a way that people are like man that person must really be fasting you see in the bible times often they would wear sackcloth some nice burlap when they were fasting to show the severity of their discipline he's saying stop doing that stuff in order to draw attention from other people Jesus is saying why they're doing it. He says they are doing these things to be seen by others or to be praised by others. He mentions that three times, once for each example, that they want to be seen and praised by others. Now, to us sitting here today in 2017, we can look at those obvious, terrible examples and be like, that's dumb. Those people are hypocrites. And yet sin strikes in different ways in different times. So how might we fall into this trap of sin? How might we try to be seen by others in ways that don't involve sounding trumpets in church? Well, we don't always want to be seen by others in order to be seen as good religious people. Sometimes we just want other people to see us so they know we're not bad. Or so they know we're just like them and we fit in with this group. Here are a few examples of how we might do this. I like, I'm pretty sure at least a few of us in this room have put something in the offering plate before so that someone around us saw that we put something in the offering plate. I think that's fair to say. I've done it. I know I've done it. 
that I put something in, whether it was money or not, just like a loose piece of paper, something to make it look like I put something in. Why did we do that? Well, so the other people would see and not think we were a bad person for letting it pass by. I would imagine some of us have done that before. Maybe we've been in a worship service very unlike ours, where someone was singing and people were raising their hands during the song, or clapping during the song. And we started raising our hand, or clapping Not because we felt like we needed to out of our own worship, but simply because we didn't want to be that guy or that woman who wasn't doing it. And we just felt like other people are watching and they notice I'm not clapping. I better better start clapping. And we do it in order to be seen by others. Though it is a religious activity, worshiping God, we are doing it in some way to be seen and approved of and accepted by others. I've also done that, just so you know. Maybe it's praying before meals. Now, the reason we pray before meals is to give thanks and express our gratitude that we have food before us. But sometimes we also pray before meals to make sure that, oh, they're going to want me to pray before this meal, fine. And we do it for someone else. I went to a Christian college, and so there was this weird ritual when you would get to the dining hall where you were expected, when you sat down with your plate, that you would take like 10 or 15 seconds and really obviously like bow your head and fold your hands. And kind of what you were doing was just, all right, how long do I have to do this till they know that I said a genuine prayer? Amen. And then you could eat. And that's pretty much what you did sometimes. Obviously, some people were genuinely thankful for what they had, but a lot of times it just becomes social convention. I've done that too. Um, Maybe, though it's a Roman Catholic practice to give things up for Lent, we might know a whole bunch of Roman Catholic people. And we give something up for Lent because someone might ask us, hey, what are you giving up for Lent? And we don't want to be left without an answer. So we just want to have something to say. So the reason we're doing it is to fit in with everybody else who's given things up for Lent. And so our religious activities, our religious experiences, our piety can be done so others see them, not so we are relating to God. And that's because in sin, all of us struggle with the opinions of others in some way. We like to think it's just teenagers and young people that struggle with thinking too highly of the opinions of others of worrying that so-and-so said this about me and it's ruining my world. But guess what? Adults do it too. That's not a uniquely teenage problem. That we all care what other people think. In fact, we can even try too hard not to care what other people think so we want people to know, I don't care what you think, but I really care that you know that I don't care what you think. That confused me too. Um, But... We want other people to know, I don't care what you think. See, we we care what other people think. But Jesus is saying, if we are practicing our religious activities, our righteousness, in order to be seen by others, we're going to have no reward in heaven. In each of the examples, he says that the hypocrites have received their reward. What does that mean? Well, if you're doing these actions so that other people notice, then your reward is 
that other people notice. You get what you ask for and nothing more. There ends up being no heavenly or spiritual benefit. In fact, they lose their religious value and become mere social activities and social conventions. And what we do in our sin is we turn the approval and acceptance of others into an idol. And we serve that idol and we want the reward of that idol and we get it. Others approve of us and accept us. That's the error that Jesus is teaching against here, an error we find in ourselves as well. And it shows deep in our sin there is an insecurity about our own goodness that we want others to tell us, I approve of you, I accept you. And while we ultimately want it from God, God is less immediate and recognizable in his feedback. Whereas all the people around us, they give us instantaneous, noticeable feedback and reward that we are approved and accepted for doing these things. And that's what we get. That is our reward the approval and acceptance of others instead of God's. But Jesus is saying that Christians are to be different than that. And he does so in this passage by breaking his pattern. See, in our passage, there are three examples that Jesus gives, and they follow a very strict pattern, a formula, if you will. It says, when you do this, do not be like the hypocrites because they want to be seen by others. Truly, they have received their reward. Instead, when you do this, do it in secret so that your father who sees in secret will reward you. All you have to do is fill in the blank with giving to the needy, prayer, or fasting. But they all follow the same pattern. But then in verse 7, something changes. In fact, you could take verses 7 through 15 out of the passage and you'd have three beautifully parallel patterns of giving to the needy, praying, and fasting. But verses 7 through 15 stick out. So what's so different? Why the break from the pattern? Listen to what Jesus says here. When you pray... Do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Did you hear the difference? See, unlike the other examples where the hypocrites are concerned what other people think, in this example, They are concerned with what God or their gods think, what they hear. It says they want to be heard, but that's not by other people. That's by God. In this example, Jesus is taking us out of the realm of other people and showing us that deep down, they all want to be heard by God. It shows that underneath the attempts to gain the approval and acceptance of other people, these hypocrites and Gentiles are really longing for God's approval and acceptance. And what Jesus says is that Christians have that. This passage that includes the Lord's Prayer tells us about the relationship the Christian has with God. Jesus is emphasizing the fact that we have a heavenly Father. It's a phrase Jesus uses ten times in the passage. Our Father or your Father. 
And so this parent-child relationship should be foundational to our religious lives. See, since God is our Father, we have his approval. We have his acceptance, the acceptance we seek from others when we practice our righteousness before them. But this acceptance and approval is not based on how well we do. It is based on someone else's righteousness. It is based on Jesus Christ. See, God only accepts perfect righteousness, and we don't do that. But Jesus did. And Jesus offers that righteousness as a gift to us, free of charge. And he takes the punishment we deserve for our sin and unrighteousness so that we can be assured that no consequence will ever find us. That Jesus took our consequence for our sin, which was death, so that we could receive his reward, which was eternal life and adoption into God's family. And that adoption, that being God's child, means not that we do away with religious activities. It reshapes them. And the example Jesus gives concerns prayer. If we know we are accepted by God, our Heavenly Father, because of Jesus, then we can bypass trying to get God's attention, to trying to earn his acceptance and approval. We already have that. See, knowing that we're accepted, we can bypass all that and simply pray to him knowing he is our Heavenly Father. So we get to get down to the simple business of praying, of talking to someone knowing he is a good and perfect father. And that's what the Lord's Prayer does. It is a prioritized prayer that has no pretense. There's no, oh, most venerable God, I come before thee and beseech thy favor that thou might speakest to me. And there's none of this parading and charading in front of God. It's, Dad, I need help. Dad, you're great. Father, I love you. It cuts right to the chase, acknowledging that you, O God, are our Father. And so we pray in the Lord's Prayer to love what God loves, to do what God commands. We pray for the grace to be able to do that each and every day. We pray for our continued sinfulness, that it would be forgiven and diminished. And we pray all of this knowing that God knows what we need even before we ask. So we don't have to come up with elaborate arguments to explain why we need this. He knows why we need it. Sure, we can argue. There are some prayers in the Bible where we argue with God when we need something really badly. But it's more convincing us than it is convincing him. What Jesus shows us is is that if we know God accepts and approves of us in Jesus, we come to God straightforwardly. We come to God honestly in prayer. And this relationship is conveyed by Jesus with the phrase in secret or unseen as the NIV translates it. So this refers to the fact that yes, God is invisible. He is unseen. He's not visibly here among us today, but it also references the fact that God's always present and always watching. See, knowing that God sees us in all we do, we don't have to worry whether or not others see us because we have a steady audience of one whenever we do anything. A steady 
audience of one, and it's his opinion that matters more than the opinions of anyone else. So this idea of in secret speaks to God seeing us. It doesn't mean that we should hide everything that we are doing. In fact, there are sometimes we want other people to see what we're doing. Parents are called to model godly character for their children. They shouldn't hide their religious activities from their kids. They, they want to impress upon them something. They don't want to impress them, but impress upon them a model for behavior. That's a different thing. Same thing in chapter 5 when Jesus said that we should let our good deeds shine before others so that they glorify our Father in heaven. He's talking there about good deeds generally, not specifically our religious activities. There are good deeds that are not prayer or worship. Those things we want other people to see so that they glorify God, not us. And so secret really refers to how God sees us. The fact that he is always watching. And so the question we should ask ourselves is, am I doing this religious exercise for God who is always watching? Or am I doing this for the people who are currently watching? Which is it? Whose opinion truly matters to me at this moment? So how does that secret knowledge shape our piety, our religious activity? Well, let's look at the three examples Jesus gives. Giving to the needy, praying, and fasting. So when it comes to giving, we should give from the heart. It shouldn't matter matter whether people see us putting money in the offering plate or if they can see the number on the bill or if the counters look at what's on our check. It doesn't matter if we give once a week or once a month. It matters that we give knowing God knows that we give. To give out of the love that we have for God knowing that he loves us. So give knowing that God knows what you give. And his opinion is the one that matters more than the person sitting next to you in the pew. Give knowing that your father will take care of you. He knows your needs. He knows if you gave this much, I can still take care of you. If you gave that much, guess what? I can still take care of you. Are we giving knowing that we have a heavenly father who sees and cares for us? When it comes to praying, we should pray from the heart without a concern for how we sound. Now, this is very hard when praying in groups. Praying out loud in front of other people is incredibly difficult because you're constantly battling those inner thoughts of, oh man, did I say that word too many times? Did they hear that I stumbled over that? Did I forget that request? Are people even listening? Are they falling asleep? Are they yawning? Am I sounding too weird? And we keep battling these thoughts in ourselves of what do they think when really prayer is about God. Are we speaking to God and are we concerned with what we're saying to him? Or are we concerned with how it sounds to others? Now we can still do group prayers. They do that in the Bible as well. But our focus is speaking on behalf of our brothers and sisters to our shared Heavenly Father. Is that how we pray? Are we focused on who we are praying to or who we are praying around? And it's not like we get off easy when we're praying alone, locked in our closet, because guess who's in that closet with you? You are in that closet with you. 
sinful you, who is also judging your own prayers, thinking, oh man, I said that wrong, or I lost my train of thought, or I'm doing a really bad job praying today, or I forgot this and that. We judge our own prayers when we pray, even in silent, in secret, in our locked room. Are we praying knowing that we're speaking to our Father who loves and accepts us? Guess what? God knows what we need better than we could ever explain it to him. So let's stop worrying about how well we're explaining to him. He knows. When it comes to fasting, we should think of why fasting exists. I would guess fasting is the thing we do least in these three examples. But fasting is a discipline where a person gives up something in order to remember God's primary importance. It is a discipline of some kind where we realize we are focusing too much on things of the world and we need to return our focus to God, often in connection with repentance. That God, my focus has been too far off of you and it's been on these things, so I give them up and I repent and I turn to you who I know loves and forgives me in Jesus Christ. Fasting reminds us that our greatest desire is not food. It is a relationship with our Father. So when we discipline things, are we shouting it and sharing it as an expression in Lent or some other way, or are we doing it for God? Is our repentance for God or for others to see? Jesus says that when we practice our righteousness thinking of God as our Heavenly Father, it leads to God rewarding us. Now, the subject of rewards I find incredibly difficult to understand in Scripture. Last week when we had the passage on divorce, I shared that's the thing I least like to talk about. But I understand what the Bible says about divorce. Rewards, eh, it's a little crazier. See, rewards is hard for me to understand in the Bible because our salvation is by grace. It's not by what we do. Salvation is not a reward for good behavior or for believing. It is a gift And so the idea of being rewarded for something seems backwards to me. And yet, when it comes down to what I think and what the Bible thinks, I need to change. And so there are rewards in some sense here. But how so? Well, in preparing the message this week, I found a helpful example that helped me understand rewards a little bit better. It compared the idea of rewards from God to medals that were given to the military. Being given a medal does not enlist anyone into the military. Medals are for people who are already serving in the military. And no serviceman or servicewoman goes into battle simply to get a medal. That's ridiculous. You go in for the greater cause and commitment, your relationship to the military. And so similarly, Christians are rewarded for our commitment to God and to his kingdom cause. And that devotion is rewarded. But even that devotion is a result of God's gracious gifts in our lives. Because the only way we can serve God well is if he is working in us. And the only way God works in us is by grace. And so, yeah, rewards are by grace. See, while our religious lives are done in this way for God who is unseen and sees all things, 
we cannot take this idea of secret relationship with God to pull us away from the fact that Christianity is a communal faith. If we read this passage and think that we need to be Christian hermits, we have read it wrongly. That Christianity is part of something we do together. So Jesus here is reminding us that religious behavior is for God, a God we no longer have to prove ourselves to, a God who loves us unconditionally in Jesus, but he is also a God who loves other people the same way. Now here's your grammar lesson for the day, okay? You can't tell from the English translation of your father whether or not your is singular, as in one person, your, or plural, as in yins, or y'all, if you prefer. You can't tell. In English, they're spelled the same. Your can be both singular and plural. And yet in this passage, Jesus goes back and forth. Sometimes he's using singular and sometimes he's using plural. But in English, unless we're going to put yins in the Bible, we have no way of telling Unless we go back to the Greek in the original language. So I don't like talking about Greek, but here we go. So what we see in the three examples of our personal piety, those three very patterned examples, is he uses singular, your, individual. He's emphasizing the individual nature of our relationship to God when we pray, when we give, when we fast. That in that instant, it is that secret relationship between us and God. But in the opening verse, where he's talking about all of it together, and in all of the passages about the Lord's Prayer, he's using plural, yins. He's emphasizing how all Christians have this relationship where God is our Heavenly Father. So it is both a secret individual thing, but also a communal shared thing we have as Christians. That Jesus is reminding us that we are all children of God based on the grace of Jesus Christ. That no one earned their adoption as a reward for good behavior. We all come to God through Jesus. So there's no reason to compare with one another. There's no reason to try and impress someone else. It's as foolish as a child trying to work his or her way into being their parent's favorite child. Parents love all of their children unconditionally. But within that same unconditional love, there is a secret relationship with each child. Parents may have different relationships with each of their children based on their interests or experiences. And it's that kind of relationship that our piety, our religious life, develops. That personal relationship where we have the privilege of knowing God as our Heavenly Father. So in your lives... In your religious lives, are you living for God or are you trying to impress others with your piety? When you give, are you giving because other people are going to see what you give or are you giving out of your love for God who is given to you? When you pray, are you worried about how you sound to others or to yourself? Or are you worried about what you want to say to your God who loves you? When you're fasting or disciplining yourself, are you doing so to prove how serious you are to yourself and to others? Or do you want to repent of all lesser things and seek the greatest thing, the love of your God? 
brothers and sisters in Christ, we have a loving Heavenly Father who accepts us unconditionally, even in our sin, through Jesus Christ. He has forgiven us of our sins, and he wants us to live each day knowing that he sees you, that he knows you, and he delights in you as his very own child. Live for your Heavenly Father. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Father in heaven, we come to you and we pray. We thank you that we are your children through Jesus Christ. And Lord, we ask your forgiveness for the ways in which we try to be good in front of other people or even ourselves. Lord, expose those things in our lives and may we repent and turn from them and turn to you and remember that you love us in Jesus Christ. Father, if we're rewarded, great. But the greatest reward we have is being your children. Help us to serve you, to know you, and to love you. In Jesus Christ, amen.